like so many stories in the Christian Bible, the story of the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus. This story is rich with theological implications and visual stimulation for the reader. You see, Zacchaeus was the head tax collector in Jericho. And as the head or chief tax collector, Zacchaeus would have had no problem earning all he could and saving all he could. Tax collectors in first century Palestine personally profited from a corrupt system of economics. You see, to be the, a tax collector required that person to play the games required of a corrupt political and economic system. But once he was in, Zacchaeus would have been able to earn all he could within that very same system. Zacchaeus had to purchase the position he was in. We're talking about political patronage to the empire. And once he had the position of chief tax collector, he would have been on the receiving end of that same patronage system benefiting from the tax collectors under his supervision. In his own work, Zacchaeus collected taxes on behalf of the Roman Empire, but he also collected an additional generous percentage for himself. Zacchaeus was taking money and via patronage and taxes that were part of a staggering hierarchy of financial debts. This included things like head taxes, property taxes, sales taxes, shipping fees, transport tolls, and other customs or duties that were required. Because of his political station and his economic status, Zacchaeus lived a life of extravagance. The extravagance Zacchaeus lived was a replacement, though. It was a replacement for the community that he lived without. Remember, in our reading from Luke, when Zacchaeus is called by Jesus, the crowd's first reaction was to grumble, to call Zacchaeus a sinner. And that's because Zacchaeus was profiting off the backs of his neighbors and the strangers that he passed in the market. And because of his office, Zacchaeus might not have known those strangers, but you can bet that they would have known him. He was at the top of his profession, but the self-inflicted marginalization he experienced separated him socially and spiritually from the community. As a sinner, Zacchaeus was kept out of the religious life in Jericho. He wasn't permitted to enter into the synagogue. He was one of the heads of the local economy, and yet he was an outsider. That's Zacchaeus' life. He earned and saved, but he lived in isolation. Then Jesus comes to town. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. The end of chapter 19 in Luke's gospel details Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Jesus and Zacchaeus are not only one of the most detailed accounts we have of someone encountering Jesus, but this encounter is also the last scene in Luke's gospel where Jesus, where, where his teachings transform lives before him as he, be, as he begins to make his journey to the cross. 
Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is approaching Jericho, or he hears the commotion as Jesus gets closer, and he realizes, Zacchaeus realizes, that the only way he will be able to see what is happening, the only way that Zacchaeus will be able to see Jesus is by climbing a tree. Zacchaeus' status economically was big, but in reality, he was a short man, the gospel writer tells us. I doubt asking people to let him move in front of the crowds would have gone over very well. Remember, Zacchaeus would have unjustly taken money from the people that were blocking his view. Can you imagine? Hey, um, excuse me, sir? Yeah, could you move so that I can see what's happening on the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy who took all that money from you. Yeah, it was more money than you really needed to pay. Yeah, but don't worry about it. I'm still holding on to that money. I haven't spent it all quite yet. But yeah, right now, could you do me a solid and help a brother out and move out of my way? Yeah, I don't think that would have gone over well either. So Zacchaeus climbs a tree to see Jesus, but Luke doesn't tell us why. And this bugs me to no end. If we knew the why of his climb, this reading might make more sense. Is Zacchaeus curious about Jesus? Was he expecting Jesus to do something? Was he hoping to catch Jesus' attention? Perhaps hoping Jesus would recognize him from a chance meeting when Jesus called upon Levi. You know him as Matthew, another tax collector. Well, whatever the reasoning, Zacchaeus got more than he might have been hoping for. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from there. If I was Zacchaeus, and I was in a tree, and Jesus called me down, I really do not think I would climb down cautiously. I don't think I would take my time coming down. I imagine having climbed the tree to catch the passing Messiah in the first place, doing it very methodically. But after being called down by Jesus, if I'm Zacchaeus, I'm falling out of that tree. But Jesus didn't stop there. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from the tree, for I must stay at your house today. Now, to read between the lines there, Jesus just invited himself to Zacchaeus' home. Yeah, he invited himself to dinner. I don't know about you, but unexpected family, maybe my in-laws, that gives me heartburn. I cannot imagine Jesus inviting himself to dinner. What is going on through Zacchaeus' mind when Jesus says those words to him? Do I need to clean the house? Do I have enough food to serve to this man? So we know from the Gospels, the Apostle Paul, and our own experiences that when we encounter the living Christ, our lives are changed. We see it in the Gospels through stories like Zacchaeus. We see it with Paul on his way to, on the road to Emmaus. And Zacchaeus is no different. After falling out of the tree and then hearing the grumbles of the crowd, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. 
Jesus has done nothing more here than be present and inviting himself to dinner. He invited himself into a moment of intimacy with Zacchaeus. And in that moment of intimacy, Zacchaeus was changed. Zacchaeus responded to the presence and invitation of Jesus by committing publicly. And that public commitment would imply that there would be some form of public accountability to give half of his possessions to the poor and to repay anyone he defrauded four times over. And now you might be thinking, well, good on him. Zacchaeus did the right thing. But the right thing during this time, the thing required by the law, required Zacchaeus to pay an additional 20% over what he unjustly took, not repaying it four times over. Zacchaeus, having experienced the extravagant generosity of the divine, responded with extravagant generosity of his own. Zacchaeus had not yet hosted Jesus in his home, and still his life was changed. For the past few weeks, we've been looking at stewardship, our finances, in a way that extends beyond our annual financial commitments to the church. Give all you can. An extravagant generosity, which point three from John Wesley's sermon titled On the Use of Money, is more than writing a check to your local church or to your favorite fundraiser, your favorite charity. John Wesley understood that there was no inherent good in poverty. He noted that living without means to provide for your own needs as well as the needs of your family did not help anyone's spiritual growth. Life is better when you have what Wesley called things needful for yourself, for your spouse, your wife at at that time, your children, your servants, or anyone who retained to your household. Wesley did note that moving from earning all you can and saving all you can to giving all you can was an impediment to going on to Christian perfection. Again, giving all you can is not about raising funds for the local church. The point of our extravagant generosity is to become more like Christ. Generosity becomes a spiritual discipline then that we engage in as we move on towards perfection. Extravagant generosity is about us participating in the extravagant kingdom-building work God is already engaged in. God's acts of loving, saving, and healing in our community as well as around the world. But we need to be clear here. You cannot earn salvation by giving generously to the church or to a charity. It doesn't matter how many checks you write, how much restitution you make, or how sorry you are for defrauding your neighbors on your way to earning it all. Zacchaeus did not earn salvation by falling out of the tree. He did not earn salvation by giving half of his possessions to the poor, and he did not earn salvation by paying everything back four times over. Salvation was made known to Zacchaeus by the presence of Christ, the presence that called him down from a tree and the presence that was then standing in front of him. The same Christ calls each of us by name to come down from the tree. The same Christ is made known to us standing in front of us. When that reality is realized, we are changed. Zacchaeus was changed, and his life of earning all he could by dishonest means was reoriented to a life of extravagant generosity. May it be so for us today. Amen.